Misty. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Good thing we have warm hearts because we have chilly hands and it is, it is brisk out there. It is so good to see each and every one of you this morning in our uh, Thanksgiving weekend worship. Uh, blessings to all of you. Blessings to those who are traveling. We have a lot of folk out of town this week uh, going here, there, and everywhere. I know we would still be out of town uh, except, uh, except Sunday. We love, we love worship here. Uh, we, did, uh, we did Thanksgiving at Seaside, Oregon, uh, at the beach. And uh, someone this morning said, Pastor Mike, you tied your tie too short. I'm like, no, the belly just got more like this and has more distance to go around. And that's what makes it look like that. Uh, if you're new to us, welcome. We are blessed to have you with us. If you're joining us online, hi, welcome to all of you. We are blessed to have you with us and we pray that you find a blessing in today's service. I do know uh, we got people watching coast to coast uh, on our services today and uh, north and south, Texas up to North Dakota and everywhere in between. I do know one person who is watching us and that's Debbie Jones. Where's Debbie? I hear you ask. Debbie is a brand new grandma again. Uh, In the last 24 hours, little Daisy Jean was born. And uh, she she took the liberty of taking this Sunday. uh, There's a grandbaby. Do I have to be at church? Uh, No, please. And and if you're watching this, stop watching. Go play with a baby. Uh, Catch this this later on. Uh, I know Bill's out right now with with sickness. And so we are are light up here on the band. Uh, We're going to do our best. Um, babies come when babies come, don't they? They just, they just come. Uh, I remember when our oldest was born, who's upstairs doing the camera right now. Hey, uh, his, we didn't plan ahead. The dude, uh, so, so Stephanie, my wife got pregnant in March. Like, yay, March, April, May, June, July, Christmas Eve. The baby is due Christmas Eve. Uh, did not plan ahead as a pastor. And we, uh. The baby came on a Sunday, right? Sunday? Came on a Sunday. And I had my sermon ready for Sunday. And like, you know what? I'll be there. I'll be at the hospital after service. And I found out real fast that was the wrong thing to say. Uh, <laughs> so we put, the, uh, we put the sermon notes on the, on the, on the pulpit, uh, on the podium, and uh, just said, hey, just read the sermon and have a good service. Called a little later. Uh, after the baby was born, everyone was good, and they just called the, the the worship team and said, "How'd service go? Uh, did you read the sermon?" They said, "We didn't. We didn't read your sermon, uh, and we had the best service ever." Like, oh. <laughs> so I need to have a baby every week to have the best service ever. Well, you are here to hear to, to have the best service that you're going to be at today. So, so that's why we're here. Let's stand and sing our opening songs of worship.
to you today with open hands and open hearts. We come to you in gratitude for the abundance and beauty of your creation, for our church, our homes, and our community. In all things, we give thanks and worship you because of your good and loving nature. You are the source of life and of love, and you bring a sense of calm and peace. Teach us, Lord, to reframe when we need to reframe and to gain a perspective that is rooted in compassion for ourselves and for others so that we may live a life of gratitude. And so today we come together, Lord, to worship and serve you and to pray as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good to see you. Come on up. Good morning, good morning. And any children young at heart, you can come on up as well. Do you want to come on up? He's thinking, maybe? No, don't want to do it. You know what? You can stay right there, and I'll, and I'll come to all of you. How about that? Because I know we got one or two kids watching online, so I don't want to miss it uh, for, the, for our online kids as well. Uh, the, the scripture that we're using for Big People Church is, is uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving. You know what a gate is? Anyone know what a gate is? Anyone have a gate at their house or a gate at the house that they grew up in? Some of you grew up on farms, might have had some gates. This is, this is the gate that we had at the farm. Is it there to keep something in or something out? Yeah, depending on what it is. <laughs> So I was trying to, we were, we were coming up with this about 11 o'clock last night. Uh, we were driving back from Seaside and like, all right, children's time. I forgot, I forgot I got it, children's time. So what are some famous gates out there? So we just clicked real fast some famous gates. Anyone ever been to the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin? Anyone? Yeah. Someday, about three years, three years, 30th anniversary, we're going. We're going to go see Germany and uh, Vienna. That's the plan, Prague. Uh, Brandenburg, that would be a cool gate to see. Arc de Triomphe. Someone's been there. You've been there. Uh, Napoleon had that constructed to celebrate his victories. Yeah, the gates to Paris to come on in. Oh, Golden Gate. Not exactly a gate, but more of a bridge. Uh, but f- between that land and that land, the only way to get to California Gold Rush was to sneak through there. Had to go through the Golden Gates. So click, click, click. Other famous gates that we know. Bill Gates came up. We got to put in him. Click, click, click. Yeah. Ah, Jerusalem. Jerusalem had some gates. Uh, to get inside the holy city, you had to go through some gates. These are the what they call the golden gates. I think they're on the east side. Uh, there's, there's several gates to get in, but they think that this is the one that Jesus went in for the, uh, for the triumphal entry. And some people say that uh, those gates have... Do you notice anything different about those gates? They're not open, are they? Blocked up. Uh, before the Crusades, they were all blocked up because the belief was uh, for the end times, for Armageddon to happen, the king, uh, the Messiah would have to go through the gates once again. And so they took care of that and boarded them up. Uh, so if you look up Golden Gates, if you're on Wikipedia, Golden Gates, uh, uh, Israel, you'll see that they, a lot of people over there want to open up the gates once again to make all that stuff happen. I'm cool if they stay closed for right now. That's, that's just me, though. Uh, and, oh, the pearly gates. What's, what do you notice about the pearly gates? They're open. They're open. Jesus opened them. He opened them for you, and he opened them for me, and for you, and for all of you, and for some of us. <laughs> They're open. The secret password, Jesus, I believe, and they open. The gates of heaven are open if we but believe. 
It's all it takes. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter your past, but God knows your future. I believe. Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessings upon our little ones, both here and and at home, that as they grow in love and godliness, that they may be surrounded by parents, by a church community, by a school, by family and friends who care and teach them to believe. In your son's name we pray. Amen. As we come to our time of offerings, I had a prop. Where's my prop? Here's my prop. All right, I'm going to put on my sales pitch hat for a moment. Uh, we have a program here called Raise Right, where we sell gift cards, uh, uh, and we get a portion back, a certain percentage back. And uh, we're at that time of year where a lot of you might be giving gift cards to family and friends. So we just want to make the invitation, if you'd like to do that, uh, order us order from here, and the church gets anywhere from 5 to 19% back on, on uh, whatever gift cards you order. Uh, again, I feel a salesman here, so I'll, I'll, I'll cut it short. But Christmas is coming. And if you'd like to help uh, the church, you could help your family also with, with the gifts of gift cards. Uh, we celebrate many offerings, many ministries inside the church, outside the church, at home and abroad. And we could not do the ministry here in Meridian without you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us take the offering and can we have a little noodling music while we play? Thank you. Let's take the offering. is from Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. May God add blessings to the reading of this word. Thank you, Pastor Jen. So I remember getting ready for church as a kid. 
it was a, it was a big to do. There were four of us. We only had one bathroom, and it was we, we slept in a little more on Sundays because you know the school bus didn't take us to school, but we could we still had to go. And uh, I remember thinking, what to bring? What to bring? Because back in that day, we had to dress in our Sunday best. It's the words that still are out there. And I got to grab my Bible. And I grabbed my, my pen and paper, my parents' pen and paper, so you could write notes on what the sermon was. But in reality, it was doodling and or practicing your signature and that kind of thing. I, I, I did pay attention, but, you know, it was pen and paper. That's what we did. And uh, the pastor was a-preaching. We were, we were sitting in wooden pews. Did anyone else grow up in wooden pews? Wood, where the only cushion was your own, own rump? Uh, yeah, Wooden pews. And the sanctuary clock in our little tiny church, the sanctuary clock was behind the pastor, right there. And so you could just see how slow time moved during the service. And, and the, the pastor couldn't see the clock. And so the pastor would just, uh, would just totally oblivious when to wrap things up. Totally unaware that the Lutherans were going to beat us to the diner in town. So when I, my own kids showed up, what to bring? What to bring? And generations change, right? Just look nice. Just, can you comb your hair this one day? <laughs> right? Uh, bring a doodad or something or a toy. Keep you something entertained. And, and, and right now our clock is in the back. It's in the back. It's in, you have no idea what time it is unless you look at your phone. But uh, although, I'll be honest, Jacob, our tech person, t- take a look what he does back there. He tells me what time it is so I know when to wrap it up. <laughs> so, so everyone say, thank you, Jacob. Yeah, I see how it is. You need a countdown. We need a countdown on this thing. Yeah, like, like the Oscars. People bring all sorts of things to church. Some bring snacks. It's fine. Some bring candy, like the loud rappers that you sometimes hear. Some people bring toys. I, I get that. I... Uh, I've been doing this 26 years. I remember seeing people read a book. I had someone read a book in the back. Uh, I brought my dad to church. I'm not, it's not here for me, but I'll just wait here in the back. I'm fine. I've seen people balance their checkbook, if you remember how to do that. Nowadays, people jump online, all sorts of things. First church, first church, uh, St. Luke in Omaha, lady, lady at the first service, would bring her fingernails to church and her fingernail clippers. And we would hear this little click. You know how the, how the click, click, click. We would hear that throughout the whole thing. And, and we'd have to go dust buster uh, the back pew uh, afterwards. Some things should just be left at the house. And of course, in a positive way, some people bring their Bibles or their Sunday best or, or their mid-sermon snack. I get that. There's something everyone should bring to church. And we're going to find it in Psalms. Psalms. I don't preach on Psalms a whole lot, do I? I need to. It's the songbook of our, of, of our faith. Psalms. Many are ascribed to David, lived about 1,000 B.C., 3,000 years ago. But the whole book of Psalms, it, it was the psalm book for the, for the tabernacle, for the temple. The tunes are lost to history. We don't know the tunes. But they were written, uh, the first ones were written about the time of Moses, Think 1400 B.C. 
all, well, all right, 12, uh, 1400 BC, all the way to the exile, 600 BC, using round numbers. About 800, 900 years of songs are in the Psalms. Uh, these are rough dates. And it wasn't until about the 200s BC that the, the, the temple staff, they, they came to the, like, you know what? We, we need to write these down. We need, to put, we need to put these in a book. They didn't have a book of psalms. They just, they just knew the songs. All right, collective oral history all the way through. Let's, let's write these down. Some of these songs are, are now a thousand years old. Let's write them down. They didn't have, they didn't have names. They didn't have numbers. Just a collection of, of lyrics. David did not write Psalm 23. But he did write, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And 800 years after David, when they were putting it together, this psalm happened to land on page 23. So let's call it Psalm 23. Now, I'm being very simplistic, but that was the idea. They put them in an order, gave them numbers, and away we went. They did try to put them in some, some form of order, like psalms that sound the same or have the same motifs. Let's keep those together. So Psalm 93 through 100, they're the Thanksgiving Psalms. And that's why we read them today. Uh, Today is Christ the King's Sunday, which I know is not a big holiday in Protestantism. Uh, It's kind of like one of those Ash Wednesday holidays or Pentecost. You know, we, we do Christmas and Easter really well. But there's also these other ones. The, uh, the, the uh, Christian year begins on the first Sunday of Advent, which is next week. Uh, we, are, we are four Sundays away from Christmas Eve, if you can believe that. But next week, we'll, we're gonna de- this week we're going to decorate the church. You're all welcome to come Wednesday night. Uh, we have a hanging of the green service where we will uh, decorate and have carols and cookies and hot chocolate, learn a little bit about our holiday. Uh, we'll decorate. You probably noticed when you walked in all the stuff in the back, ready to go for, for Christmas. We'll be putting these up here this week. Uh, on a side note, we're getting rid of our fall decorations. So as you leave the church, if you go outside, you will see piles of brown leaves. Those, take them home. We don't need those decorations anymore. So you're, you're free to take those. Uh, but we go from Advent, the first Sunday of Advent, when Jesus is just a little gleam in God's eyes. Then we get the birth, then we get some teachings, and then we get Lent. Uh, we get the whole resurrection story, uh, the Passion Week. And then uh, summer is ordinary time where we talk about the teachings of Christ and, uh, and all of that. And we get toward the end of the year, well, we're, we're still in green. You might notice green, 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 green. And it culminate, culminates today with Christ the King Sunday. This is the Sunday where, where we say Christ is king of our hearts. He is king of our lives. He is king of our church. He goes from a little tiny little baby in, in, in the belly of, of Mary to the end of the year when he's king. So you might notice that in some of our songs today, that motif of uh, Christ is Lord, Christ is king. So Psalm 100 was actually a song. If, if you look at your uh, Methodist calendar, I know you all got Methodist calendars, but that is one of the scriptures to read today. A hymn of thanksgiving for he is for he is king. We're going to take a look at Psalm 100. 
may only contain five verses. And I know I usually don't invite you to do this, but uh, today, if you if you got a Bible in front of you, if you brought your own, we're going to take a look just at Psalm 100. It is, how do you find the Psalms? Right in the middle. So, so go find your Bible, go right in the middle. Maybe you'll hit Isaiah, sneak over a little. You'll find Psalms. Psalms 100. It is after Psalm 99 and before Psalm 101. It's on page 552 in your, in your pew Bible if you have that. Or if you have it on Bible Gateway. BibleGateway.com is my favorite online one as well. We're just going to walk through the psalm. What do you bring? Psalm 100 is a psalm that describes the worship, what it will be like when Yahweh once again rules the world. This psalm was probably written at a time when Israel was under someone else's yoke. Uh, another emperor from another, from another land dictated what could be done in worship. So here's, here's, a, here's a song about what worship could be like when God is in charge, or for us when we're uh, Christians. Now, this was written before Christ, but for us when, when Christ once again rules the world, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations proof. This psalm tells us what we should bring to church. First thing we bring. Bring the right spirit. Does your Bible say shout for joy? Is that what yours says? Yeah, shout for joy. Let me hear a shout for joy. Awesome. That was joyous. <laughs> let, me, let me try it like this. Uh, let's hear a shout for joy if, if you... <laughs> Uh, if you, you found a parking spot from the people from the first service, if you got to park right here, let me hear a shout for joy. Yeah, there we go. Let's hear a shout for joy if, oh gosh golly, um, if your mortgage got paid off. Man, I would be joying. All right. Shout for joy, a spirit of joy. It does not say come in here with a spirit of bitterness. Shout with bitterness. Shout with resentment. Shout with angst in your heart. Now, some of, we, some of us might carry that today, and I get that. But in this sanctuary, we are going to find joy. We're going to find peace. We're going to find hope. We're not going to walk in and say, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny. I, um, not, not necessarily here, but in, you're a church of the warm heart. Thank you. Uh, but I remember another church walking in, and I'm walking down the middle, and I'd get the tap, tap, taps. What are the tap, tap, taps? The taps, 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 when, I, when the pastor's walking in, and I'd get tap, tap, tap. Pastor, it's too cold. Tap, 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 tap. Tap, tap, tap. Pastor, it's too hot. Tap, tap, tap. Pastor, my father passed away yesterday. Like, all right. Tap, tap, tap. Like, like, uh, some, of the, some of these things are not like the other, right? Uh, and so uh, come in with joy. I'm happy to address all your needs, and I'm happy to make it hot or cold, depending on what side. Tell you what, we'll do the heater over here and the cold people over here. We'll figure out the heat, the heat situation. Um, but we come, in with, we come in with joy. Come in with joy. What else does it tell us to come with? The NIV says, worship the Lord with gladness. Does that what you're saying? Worship the word, uh, world with, uh, Lord with gladness. If you got the old King James, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. Worship and serve, same word. 
Uh, they, they just translated it differently. Uh, we're not supposed to just sit around, but serve. Serve God, serve each other. How do you want to serve the kingdom? What are the talents that God has given you to, 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 to serve, to worship? Now, the actual Hebrew word for gladness in this one uh, is also translated in other places with mirth. Mirth, it's kind of an oldie type word, right? Old English mirth. Uh, a gladness and gaiety with, uh, uh, accompanied with laughter. <laughs> Worship the Lord with laughter. That would have got me kicked out of my church growing up. But we're, so, we're just supposed to be so filled with love that regardless of what God asks to do, we are just supposed to be so, so tickled to death to do it. Some may not like it, but I try to put a little mirth in my sermons. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And the psalm continues. We're supposed to have a singing spirit, uh, a ringing cry, a shout for joy, something singing. Our hearts are supposed to be so filled with wonder that, that just praises burst forth from our, from our inward being. Think of all the places we sing nowadays. You know, compared to back in the day, we don't sing a whole lot, do we? You sing in church. And where else do you sing? Birthdays. We all know the birthday song. That's about, and sometimes we sing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to queue up the next slide if, if I can. Sometimes we sing there, in the shower. You know, if church and the shower are the only places to sing, branch out a little. Uh, sing, in the, sing in the car with the kids. They'll love it. I know. Uh, whistle while you're out walking. <laughs> No, that's not work. Uh, whistle, whistle while you work. Yeah. Yeah. These are good spirits to have. That's what God wants you to bring to worship. Enter his gates. So what else do we bring? Well, if we continue down the psalm, we bring the right submission. Excuse me? We bring the right submission. Know that the Lord is God. And by extension, we are not. There are days I wish I could be God. There are days I wish I could fix every single problem out there. But there are days where I just say, God, it's, it's too much. You're God. Into your hands I commend my heart. Into your hand I commend my problems. Into your hand I commend, Lord, it's in your hands. And help me be at peace with that. He has made us and we are his. I know when you were born, when you were born, your parents probably had something to do with it. But but you see, the day you were born, God took the clay that was us and formed a new creature by his power. Regardless of what we are this morning, we are here by the power of God. We are the sheep of his pasture. Does your Bible say that we are sheep? That's what mine says. And he looks after us and he closes the gate to protect us from, from harm. And he looks after us with infinite care. So this morning, are you one of God's sheep? If you're one of God's sheep, let me hear if you're, you're one of God's sheep. Very nice. I, I did hear a goat out there. It'll be somewhere there's a goat. Yeah. Bring the right spirit, the right submission. And the third thing, bring the right sacrifice. 
In the temple days and the tabernacle days, the priest had better not enter the temple without the right sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 9 explains it. When everything was arranged, the priest entered regularly into the out room to carry out their ministry. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people that had committed in ignorance. In their worship, in the temple, they had the outer, they had all, they had courts, they had the Gentile court, they had the women's court, they had the inner court. Uh, they, they had all these places for, for worship. But in the back, you, you couldn't see it here, you had to go around. Went around, and there, there, was, there was a little uh, vestibule right here. And you get, you get from the back, and there were, there were drapes going down so you couldn't see inside. And inside the, the, this, this cavern, if you will, was the Ark of the Covenant, was the, the incense, and it was all the holy relics of ancient Israel. And they would, they would uh, uh, have the incense going, so it was really misty in there. You really couldn't see much. Uh, but they would offer up the sacrifice. And only once a year did someone ever get to go in. The high priest, once a year, drawn Yom Kippur, would go in and offer the sacrifice. And they had to bring in blood. That was the sacrifice of the day. Um, just to continue that story uh, a little on, you might remember from your Sunday school days that when Jesus was on the cross, there was an earthquake about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, the centurion looked up and said, surely this is the Son of God. And at the time, the, the temple veil was torn in two. The, the drapes that, that kept God inside this cavern, the vestibule, ripped open, signifying God's out. And God's going to do what God's going to do. The sacrifice has been made on the cross. Hebrews goes on to say that Christ is our sacrifice. We are a church that preach, preaches Christ. We preach love, forgiveness, mercy. We're also told that we're supposed to give an offering, a sacrifice of praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. What's the one thing you're supposed to bring? Thanksgiving. That's what God wants. Do you have to wear your Sunday best? It's nice. It's just not, it's not required. Do I have to come with my tithes and offerings? It's nice, but not required. Don't tell the finance team I said that. Just enter his gates. Come. You are welcome here. I've had folk tell me that they are here because they don't feel welcome in other places. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, whatever you pass, whatever you dress like, whatever your pronouns are, I don't, I don't care. Just come. This altar is ready. It's for you. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, not with judgment, condemnation, guilt, or shame, for that matter. In case you're wondering if this is the right church for you, and I think I've got time to play this, uh, we made a little video to show if how to know what what to do at church. 
Like, uh, what are the rules that we have? Some, sometimes people ask, what are, what are the rules? I get a phone call. What am I supposed to wear? Just something. Just wear something. <laughs> right? So we made this video. Here's, here's the rules to know if you're welcome at this church. Do you feel uncomfortable in church, like you just don't belong, or you're not quite connecting? Well, you're not alone. There are many people who feel that way. That's why we've made this instructional video to give you a few simple tips and pointers to show you how to fit in at almost any church. Hey, what's up? <laughs> First of all, silence your cell phone in church. Don't smoke in church. Don't offer cigarettes to children in church. Don't bring a snake to church. If it's a snake handling church, they'll provide the necessary reptiles. Don't play an instrument in church, unless you're a sanctioned member of the worship team. When you pray for someone in church, don't address the prayer to Anubis, Zeus, Gilgamesh, or any other pagan god. Don't practice jujitsu in church. Don't come to church straight from snorkeling. Don't do laundry in church. Don't breed ferrets in church. Don't advertise your business at church, at least not in an obvious way. Don't try to have anyone stoned in church. They don't really do that sort of thing anymore. Don't eat crab legs in church. Unless you brought enough for everyone. That's wrong. Don't fact check the pastor's sermon on Wikipedia and then correct him in church. Don't power clean in church. If you follow these basic steps, you really will start to fit in at almost any church. Again! Again! Yay. That's about all the rules that we have here at the Church of the Walmart. Bring the right spirit. Bring the right submission. Bring the right sacrifice. And above all, just bring thanksgiving. There are days, though, that I want to bring judgment. There are days that I, that I bring hypocrisy. There are days that I want to bring my cattiness and my own whiny spirit. Come with thanksgiving. And if someone's in your seat, especially at this service, it should be, you can find your seat. Uh, but if someone's in your seat, great. I'm glad they're here. Take them out to lunch. Why do we come with thanksgiving? For the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. And his faithfulness continues through the generations. And the family of God said, Amen. If you're willing and able, let's stand for our closing hymn, Our God Saves. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come. 
make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you that as we celebrate the Christ of our hearts, may God's love, peace, and blessings go with you all. Amen.